Good evening, everyone. We are glad to have you with us again on this Wednesday night, June the 24th, for our Wednesday night streaming. Want to just enjoy this short time of worship and studying the Word of God. Amen. God bless you. Their Lord is in thee. The only real peace that I have, their Lord is in you. Through all life's frustrations, I know I. The only real peace that I have, there, Lord, is in you. The only real peace that I have, there, Lord, is in you. Oh, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. I do the only real peace that I have there Lord is in you the real peace that I have there Lord I know I do. Yes, Lord, the only real peace that I have, dear Lord, is in you. You touch my heart that I might see. I might see 
my mind, my spirit, it's clear that you love me. Now I'm your servant, Lord, use me. What a beautiful song, and had it not been for God, who can touch our eyes, we would all remain in spiritual darkness. Recently, and as recent as this morning, while I was pondering a few things, I, in my own private life, I, you know, in your prayer life, privately, you get things you ponder over. And I started to look back on my life and I wanted to appreciate all the men in my life, starting from when I was 12 years old. Every man of God, whoever he was that helped me to become, uh, to come to the place where I am today, I appreciated God for them. And I started to name them one after the other in my mind and when I came to the United States in 1975, it was such a wonderful thing to meet Brother Lloyd Goodwin. And there were men at that time that were very important. Brother Lloyd Goodwin, um, then you had Brother Carl Voorhees. Uh, one of my favorite men that I loved was Brother Jack Archer. And I'm looking back at where we're coming from, and I was 25 in 1975, and Brother, Brother Goodwin is gone, Brother Voorhees is gone. When I say gone, they died, they're not around. Brother Archer is also gone. And we look around in our lives and we're seeing individuals coming to that place of maturity where death comes along and takes your loved one away. And oftentimes we can do a funeral service or um, try to console ourselves with those that are gone. And we, we tell ourselves, you know what, we'll see them in the sweet by and by and something like that. But you know what? I can't even use the word that comes to my mind right now, but death is awful. Death is wonderful to an individual that is suffering in their body and their, 
the, the release of the pains and agony is death. But when you lose a, lose, a, lose a loved one in your family, and this week I was thinking, and we sat down, me and the brothers in our morning prayer meeting, and we talked about individuals in our church. We talked about Brother Sam and Pam. Who will die first and who will survive and what will be the pain and agony? Talked about Brother Fid and Jasmine. Talk about myself and Chandri. Talk about my grandkids and Nadine. And we start to look at different individuals. I thought about the three of us in church, Brother Joe, Brother Terry, and myself, and Brother John. And who will go first? But you know what? We are around the corner, just around the corner. The time will be up. And whether God blesses us to live to 90, it's still around the corner. And it is that time in life when we don't think about making life. Oh, we are at that age where we think about how life will end and what we need to accomplish and prepare for as we face the end of life. And I don't know if I can complete a lesson tonight, but here in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is reflecting on a lot of things. And I feel every child of God should read the book of Deuteronomy because it captures the entire trip coming out of Egypt and their journey through the wilderness. You can all put it together in one book and you can read. And Moses is writing from a perspective of helping the people to understand the purpose of God in doing things. And you can go back from chapter uh, chapter 4 of Deuteronomy and and then you can come to, we did chapter 6 just, just recently, uh, but in chapter 4 it says, Now therefore, verse 1, O Israel, uh, he says, Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and the judgments which I teach you, uh, and for to do them, that you may live. Um, it says, And go and possess the land which the Lord your God of your fathers give it you. And then he comes down here and he says, Keep therefore verse 6 and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which you shall hear all these statues. And he goes on, and it was like one chapter after the other in chapter 6. We dealt with this the other day, where he says, Now these are the commandments, verse 1, and statutes and judgments which the Lord your God command to teach you that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it. See, God was protecting his people from the philosophy of the ungodly by giving them ordinances and principles to govern their lives. And this is important because we are we're reflecting on the past, we're reflecting on the nation of Israel, and like Paul uh, said, and we often quote whatsoever is written aforetime was written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. And Paul goes on here, uh, sorry, Moses went on here, sorry if I said Paul, but Moses went on here and he says, Hear, hear O Israel, verse 4, the Lord, your, our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And then he goes on in verse 7 to tell them to teach them to their children 
and how often must they look at the laws of God. And then skip over to chapter 7, and he tells them here by listing all the Hittites and the Gergesites in verse 1, and the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations that were great and mightier than Israel. And he let them know that they will go in and God will help them to utterly destroy the enemy. That is, if they follow the commandments of God. Uh, the problem is we expect the promises of God sometimes without fulfilling the requirements of the law. And so we're looking at Israel as a good example. And the Lord said in verse 6, beautiful scripture. The Lord says, for thou art an holy people unto the Lord your God, thy God. The Lord thy God hath not chosen thee to be, uh, sorry, uh, he says, the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people, he says, unto himself and all the people that are upon the face of the earth. He says, above all the people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because your grandmother prayed or somebody prayed for you, uh, or you did a lot of good things and you were worthy of his blessings he says because because you were more in number he didn't choose you because you were a big nation more than any people but you were the fewest and i like that word fewest of all people but because the lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers uh, had the lord brought you out of the mighty with a mighty hand and redeemed thee out of the house of bondman uh, from the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt and he goes on and this is how the Moses has gone through one chapter after the other chapter 8 all the commandments which I commanded this day shall you observe to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord your God swear unto your fathers and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years. And they have gone through 40 years and God says, you remember all the years which I led you in the wilderness to humble you. Not to humble, but to teach you humility, that is, and to prove you and to know what was in your heart. See, negative circumstances brings to light the true identity of who we really are. Uh, you might say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I really trust God, I believe God. Until the negative comes, only then are we tested and tried to see what we are made of. And so the wilderness for Israel was a process that God took them through to save some would be sanctified from the spirit of Egypt. And you know the story, you know that they were not really. And when they came on out and Moses went up to get the commandments, you know what, the, what it was. Aaron stayed with the people and they said, well, Moses is gone for the days. What do we do? Let's build us golden calves. You see, the golden calf mentality was still there. And that is why conversion for you and I today is absolutely necessary. That in the face of COVID-19, it would not immobilize our spiritual growth and development. COVID-19 should not intimidate us. We're children of God. We are children of God. We remain children of God in spite of what society is doing. 
If you're a child of God and every time something goes on in society, a wind of doctrine out there, it sways you. You need to be rooted and grounded in Christ some more. See, we should not get nervous. Whether whatever happens out there in society, whatever, if the pandemic reoccurs and becomes stronger, we should still have faith in God. And I could ask you a question, but I, oh, maybe I should. If over these past three months, you have looked at more movies and you have looked at more frivolous things than you normally would have looked at things when you were working regular job, then you need to question yourself, are you a real Christian? Do you need to be reconverted? Because a time like this drove Nehemiah and men like Amos on their knees into prayer. God's word demands that this is a time of examination, a time of more study and more dedication and more commitment because the negative should not give me an opportunity to show who I am, but what I am will come to the surface. And so when we examine ourselves, we're able to see like Israel, God can bring us through these problems to show us who we are. And he must cleanse us from these problems, lest when we are blessed, and he went on to say that, he says, when, lest you, verse 11, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandment and his judgments, that is, verse 10, when thou, art, thou, thou hast eaten and art full, and thou, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he had given thee. See, blessings can come and be a curse to you rather than, than a blessing. Your blessing can be a curse if it takes you away from your dedication and commitment to God. And so I'm skipping through some of these things because that's not even on my list of talking to you about uh, tonight. And then coming all the way down to chapter 28. In chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, and we have gone over this a million times in our local church, it talks about blessings and cursings. It says in verse 1, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments. He says, Which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God shall set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, verse 5. Blessed shall be thy basket, verse 6. Blessed shall thou be when you're going out and coming in. You're not going to end up in a bad situation or an accident. Take your life. You know, you're blessed. By keeping his commandments, you are blessed in that God protects you. And then he goes on in the negative form in verse 15. He says, but, now remember that word, but, but if thou, it, but it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken. Then verse 16, cursed shall thou be in the city, and cursed shall thou be in the field. Verse 17, cursed shall be thy basket and, so, and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body. And it goes on further on here because the cursing seems to have a greater effect negative effect than God's people. He says, The Lord shall send upon thee, verse 20, cursing, vexation, 
and rebuke. Verse 21, the Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee. You see, pestilences, whether it's COVID-19 or COVID-20, it's a pestilence that God has allowed in the earth. And child, a child of God responds differently than the ungodly. If every time something happens, you get your faith got shook up, you did not have your faith grounded right. And so this is important as we are easing up on the restrictions that the Health Canada has legislated against all organizations like religious organizations and otherwise. We should not, we should pay attention to what is happening and we should not let our faith in any way be affected. If when you're a child of God and your faith is affected because Moses has gone up into the mountain and you're not in the sanctuary singing songs to God and you're ready to pull out the golden calf that you've got, it's not good because there is destruction after the worship of a golden calf. However, coming back to the fact that Moses had spent time with these people in uh, chapter 28 and 29, he goes over the same uh, problems with uh, blessings and curses. And he tells them in verse chapter 29, he says, uh, he tells them about what they had seen, their eyes had seen and perceived. There's a danger in people seeing things in the past. And you know, you can look back at where you're coming from and grab some golden calves that you saw, how they operated out there in Babylon, or how they did certain things in society, or where you were coming from, or how your great-grandpa did things. It does not work like that in the church. The church must operate with the principles of God. So when you come on into the church in Christ, and Jesus makes a difference in your life, the past is left. And the present is pursued. And we are to take on the spirit of Christ as we move ahead. And this is the concern for every child of God that, and every man of God that is about to depart from this world. It's my concern. It's the concern of every pastor. It's the concern of every leader of an organization. That when he is gone, what will happen to the work of God? Will it continue on the path? And when you really think about it, you know, it's easy to say, uh, we have a statement, we say, uh, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Wonderful statement. I believe it. I will build my church. Sounds powerful, right? It sounds powerful. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we sing some songs about the church shall prevail and all of that. Guess what, my friends? You and I are the church. When we flunk and we falter in our dedication and commitment, the church has failed. When Paul was ready to leave this world and all Asia forsook him, the church at that time had failed. When Asia Minor had so many problems in this, among the seven churches, I'll go further than that, the body in Christ, of Christ in Asia Minor had failed. So quoting a scripture and living in a fantasy would not help us. We need to see reality as it is. Are we successful, spiritually speaking? 
And so it is important as leaders leave the scene that God raise up individuals to take over the work of God. Here in chapter 30, and this is the first scripture that I've got for tonight, really and truly. And that is why I said that we'll have a lesson that maybe run over into Saturday. And in chapter 30, the Lord in verse 15, um, it says, it says, See, I've set, thee, set before thee this day life and good, death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and judgment that thou mayest live and multiply. Now these are solid words. As Moses is about to depart, these are solid words that are left with the people. And he goes on to say that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. How many times have they heard that? But he is about to leave. We have chapter 30, chapter 31, and then by the time you come to chapter 32 and 34, Moses has gone off the scene. He says here in verse 30, verse 17, but, but, if you keep the commandments of God, you live, but... If thine heart be turned away, so that thou wilt not hear, but thou wilt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. Now the subtle thing uh, with our, in our day is that gods are not made of, you know, like a statue, you get a monument coming in, an idol coming in, big physical idol. Idolatry has changed. And that is why I've said it over and over again. We cannot win today's war with yesterday's weapons. We need insight today as to what is idolatry. We need to understand that it's not a pagan statue coming into the church. But there's more to idolatry because anything that is placed above God, whether it's your family, whether it's your grandson, whether it's your husband or wife, whether it's your job, whether it's your face or your education, anything that's put above God becomes an idol. And that's what you worship. And the devil has so organized the world that there's so much subtlety in idolatry in our day. And that is why we come under the judgment of God and wonder why we come under the judgment of God and fail to recognize that because we fail to see. And I love that song, you touched mine eyes that I might see. See, it's one thing to see what happened in the past. It's one thing to look at Solomon's temple in his days when he put literal idols in the house of God. But today we have got idols of all forms in our lives, in our homes, and we need to come to the place to have that we have such a good relationship with God that we focus on finding out what are the idols in our lives, what are they? And may God help us as we move ahead. And he goes on here, it says, if thou, if but, but, if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but thou shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I denounce unto you this day that you shall utterly perish. Here's a, here's a strong statement. Moses says, I denounce. Uh, you know, he says, you'll utterly perish. And he says in verse 19, he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you 
that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You see, each one of us have an option before us. We can choose life or we can choose death. We can choose the blessings or we can choose the cursing. But it's not what we choose uh, that we, I said, well, I want blessings. No, no, no. They're conditions that will result in the blessings or the cursings. Now, I can choose to obey God and be blessed, or I can choose to disobey God and be cursed. And so you went down here, and sorry that I have to be rushing you through all of this. He says that thou mayest, verse 20, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob to give unto them chapter 31 and Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel and he said unto them I am 120 years old this day now we know we don't know what day it was but that was his birthday on Moses birthday he had a bash. On Moses' birthday, he called everybody and says, let's have a party. No, on his birthday, he's warning them about the blessings and curses that might follow. He knew that God was going to take him away when he was 120 years old. That's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. I wish God would tell me when he will take my life away. I wish he would. And Moses went here, he says, and I said unto you, I'm 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord hath said unto me, thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee and he will destroy those nations be from, from before thee. And thou shalt possess them and Joshua. Now here is God making a choice and God says, Joshua. And among the many champions I have in my life, Joshua is one of those. I love, Tim I love them all. I love all these men. But Joshua stood up tall because you had so much of what's happening in Israel. When they were worshiping the golden calf, Joshua was not with the group. It's amazing. Everybody, even Aaron was there building the golden calf, but Joshua was at the foot of the mountain concerned about where Moses was. That is a wonderful thing. You see, the same spirit was in Elisha when he followed Elijah. Elisha was just a farm boy, and he followed Elijah, and the sons of the prophets who were in Bible school at that time they knew what was going to happen, but they did not follow Elijah. And they told Elisha, they said, you know, your master would be taken up from you this day. Um, uh, Elisha said, yes, I know, you know, I know he's going to be taken up. And then Elijah turns to his servant, Elisha, and said to him, he says, you wait here by Jordan. I'm going to go over there to, to worship the Lord. And, and Elijah, Elisha said, no. Wherever you go, I will go. And he refused to depart from Elijah. And after a while, after Elijah tried a few times, he asked him, he says, what are you following me for? He says that I may have a double portion of your spirit. 
And you know God granted that to him. Uneducated as he was. Untrained in the school of the prophets in those days. Just like John the Baptist. God granted to, 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 to Elijah what his heart desired. And this was the problem. This was what God was going to do to, e, to Joshua here. And I would like you to read some of these things when you go home. And the Lord said in verse 16. He says, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go before thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage. For thou must go with this people into the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give them. And thou shalt, and, and, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, and he will be with thee, and he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And he goes on to say a lot of other things, but I'm skipping through some of that. Do you know in verse 14 of chapter 31 and verse 14, And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, the day thy days approach that thou must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tabernacle of the congregation, that I may give him a charge. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, there are some things that happened uh, between this time where Moses wrote in a book some laws. I think they were ceremonial laws that he wrote down. Uh, but the sweetest part is that he came up with a song in verse 19, that he created a song in verse 19, that he wanted the people to teach their children this song. I wish we had a copy of that song. But um, there was not only laws written that was put in the covenant, in the, in the Ark of the Covenant, uh, but it, there was a song they had here. And it says here, And Moses, verse 22, Therefore wrote this song the same day, and taught it to the children of Israel. And he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge and said, Be strong and of good courage, that thou might bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with you. And he talks about a few other things here, but you know, Moses, even in his, uh, when he is about to depart, he had this concern here. And it says in chapter 34, as we bring an end to the book of Deuteronomy. And I want you to really read Deuteronomy because there's a lesson to learn. I'm dealing with Deuteronomy tonight. When we get back here on Saturday, I'll jump right on into the book of Joshua. And there are maybe two or three chapters. We'll just pick some verses off of that. And then I'd like to jump into the book of Judges and showed you that there was a reason why God did not destroy all the inhabitants. Uh, the inhabitants of the land, uh, there was a compromise sometimes. There were many a compromises with the children of Israel and the ungodly inhabitants of the land that brought judgment into their lives. But you know, the good thing was that in the days of Joshua, and he says here in verse 7, we've got um, five, four minutes to go. It says, And Moses was 100, verse 7, Moses was 120 years old when he died. 
His eyes was not dim, unlike me, nor his uh, natural force abated. I'm standing here and I'm having a problem reading this Bible because tonight it looked like it's farther away than it was. I try to pull it over here a little so it can be closer and I might do something the next time I'm reading because to me tonight it looks like it's farther away. And, but Moses' eyes were strong as ever. He was unlike David. When David got old, he was really in bad shape. When Moses was ready to die at 120, his vision was perfect. Isn't that wonderful? And it goes on here, it says, And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days, as the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, and Joshua the son of Nun, was full of, and this is the beautiful thing about it. Just like, the, uh, like Stephen, and these two men are men that I admire, Joshua and Stephen. I also have great admiration for, for a man like Timothy. But these two, there's more said about them than the others. And even though Stephen had a short lifespan, you check his message in the seventh chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. And it would leave a lot of questions in your mind regarding what we need to eliminate from our midst in our day. And then it goes on here and Moses, it says, And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And there arose not another prophet like Joshua, but you know, as we look at the book of Joshua, which is just a page over from there, Moses died and Joshua led the children of Israel. And I'll just use a few verses here before I bring the service to close. In chapter 1 of Joshua, the Lord told Joshua here, he said in verse 2, My servant Moses is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan. And he says, And all his people into the land which I do give unto them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I have said unto Moses. For from the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all of that belongs to you. The place, the, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun. And the Lord said here in verse 6, Be thou strong constantly. Now it doesn't mean he goes to lift some dumbbells or barbells or start to get some muscular strength. No. It means that his mind must be strong when it comes to the work of God. And he must be courageous in seeing the adversary before him, and there were giants in the land, but that should not intimidate him. And this is a beautiful lesson as we draw a situation into our day. We look around, and when I look around, I pray for the children that have to grow up. I pray for Ethan. I pray for all the little boys growing up today, and I say, God, I don't know what they have to face in the future. This world, is not repenting. And that is why when one disaster leaves, when COVID-19 finishes, if it ever goes away, maybe COVID-20, I'm just make, making a name here, 
would come. But pestilences will always plague this earth. And diseases and destruction will always plague this earth. Because man does not want to repent. Because sin is promoted. And immoral lifestyles are uplifted. And ignorance is being made uh, to, made to reign in our day. And God's law is pushed in aside. The reason why the earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard is because man has transgressed the laws of God. So the Lord tells Moses, uh, Joshua, be strong in the Lord. He says, and of good courage. For thou, for unto this people shall thou deliver for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that thou mayst observe to do all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand, nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper or deal wisely, the margin says, whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. There is a blessing in it, but thou shalt, and I'm going to read this to you, and thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all according to, according to all that is written therein. Does that ring a bell to you? Yes, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law that he meditate day and night. We don't have time to go here, but when the Lord said to, to Joshua, don't go to the right hand and to the left, he does not mean follow Moses 100% in everything Moses did. He meant lift the God of Moses up and follow the principles that Moses, his life was guided by, but you don't have to do what he did. And this is the tragedy with any fellowship and any organization because sometimes we want to just follow the leaders even though they're dead and gone. We still want to follow them. No, we need to think for ourselves Stand on the principles of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, but we need to find out what evil exists in our day and leads, lead God's people forward. Moses never stopped the sun, Joshua did. Moses never marched around the city of Jericho and had the priests blow their trumpets and call the wall down, walls down, Joshua did. Moses did not cross Jordan, Joshua did. There are so many things Joshua did that Moses did not do physically. But most Joshua never departed from the law of God that was planted in Moses' heart. When I came into this fellowship in 1975, there were principles placed in my heart that many individuals have departed from. We should not leave the principles. We should, we should might sometimes be necessary to leave the practices and the formalities and find out what we need to do today to survive. God needs men today to be like Joshua that would pray and seek after God and find out what God wants them to do to lead God's people on. Nice talking to you tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for this Wednesday night. And Lord, we ask that even though we rush this lesson through, that your word will find a place in our hearts to motivate us, to understand that, Father, in the midst of hell, that God's people can lift up their eyes unto you from whence cometh their help. 
We thank you, Father, for the promises. We thank you for your word. And we thank you that in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, God's people should fear no evil, but should trust you and believe you and to have confidence in you. Give us faith to endure to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God bless you.